welcome everybody to it's not really our first ever but uh our second recording of the year and our first one where chris and i are actually together not in the same room but over zoom um and so i i, I can let chris say hi to everybody he's here with me yo <laughs> all right so i mean this is actually it's the second ever episode that we've done together uh live but last year i had him on speakerphone on my phone on a pedestal going into my speaker so hopefully the audio quality and everything else this year will be better and um i think we're going to try to do this every week here uh whether it's saturday sunday we'll figure it out even if it's like a nice just quick 30 minutes or something we'll try to to bring something to you guys every week and talk about hockey and we don't even have to just limit it to fantasy but if we just want to talk about hockey in general and what's going on so um so welcome we're we're doing this uh let's do that little... hockey yeah <laughs> let's do that so, hockey <laughs> so um for our first thing i just do the administrative stuff first is what i'm gonna kind of get out of the way here so um i never really explained how we're gonna do the house points this year um, I know previous years, it's kind of been uh, different. The first couple of years we had done kind of, you get a point for every win. And then if your house sweeps another house, you get three points because you get a bonus point for the sweep. And then last year that got all changed because we had those battle Royale weeks. If people remember those um, where your, your house could get like 16 points in one week, if you guys were the top two scorers. Um, so because of the condensed schedule this year, we don't have those battle Royale weeks going on. Um, so basically since it's 11 weeks of regular season, we're playing every other house twice. You're going to play everybody basically one time. Um, and so not going to be any battle Royale weeks, and, but we're going to stick to the other point system from last year. So I'll try not to make this too confusing <laughs> and everyone always kind of figures it out throughout the year as I've posted the points. Um, but as you're matched up with another house, um, it'll be three points per win. So if you guys split, each house gets three points. Uh, and then if a house sweeps, you get those six points for the two wins, and then we're doing two bonus points. So you're eligible for up to eight points as a house in a week. Um, so that's how we're doing it this year. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody, and I'm sure it'll be confusing as we go. Uh, but <laughs> that's how the points are set up for that. And I did, uh, I guess, you know, I officially changed uh, the uh, Ben and Mandy or House Greyjoy because that was my mistake. Uh, and they're not House Frey. House Frey was in our last year when we kind of used some extra little houses there. So, all right, that's the house points, guys. Um, and then... We're just going to kind of take a look at how things stand right now. Obviously, we're not quite done fully with this week. We really have the one big matchup that's still outstanding, which Chris is involved in. Uh, 10 points down to Michelle right now going into the, the final game. Evgeny Malkin is on like my shit list. Like he did nothing <laughs> all week, nothing. And today was even more frustrating because he – Pretty much uh, in overtime, like, yeah, I'm glad the Penguins got the win. But in overtime, he had, like, two point-blank shots at the net. And, uh, I mean, it, I mean the uh, – was it some – whatever the Capitals goalie is. Samsonov. 
Samsonov. There we go. Yeah. I couldn't say his name, Dan. But <laughs> Ilya Samsonov or Samsonov, something like that. Samsonov. Yeah. Um, he was a net, but like, oh my God, Malkin basically had him on his toes and he just could not put it in the back of the net twice in OT. And I'm like, come on, man. But I digress. I'm hoping for uh <laughs> I'm hoping for this goalie, Chris Dreiger, to uh basically post a shutout today and have a bajillion saves for the uh, Florida Panthers, which hopefully we will watch here. Who, who watch they playing my They're Chicago. playing the Blackhawks. Okay. So, I mean, it could happen, but uh, Michelle also has Patrick Kane and mm. that's, that's also a, well, if a you figure. get the shutout, that means Patrick Kane did nothing. It's, and that means you get lots of points, hopefully. So exactly. But watch, you'll get like three like shots on goal and still end up at trick for Patrick off. Kane. Yeah, before he right. gets pulled in the first period. Yep, <laughs> exactly. It's worth the effort, though. <laughs> I know. I tried. So, um, yeah. So I'm gonna look at the house standings, which obviously, like I said, these aren't finalized. Um, a lot of it'll depend on if Chris ends up beating Michelle or Michelle holds on to beat Chris. Um, but how it stands now is House Baratheon, which is myself and Travis. Uh, we swept House Greyjoy, formerly House Frey. Uh, this week, Mandy and Ben. So we took home eight points, the maximum points available. Um, and then House Lannister, which I'm going to mix up who's in every house. It's John and I want to say Keegan. John and Keegan, yeah, I think. He's Lannister. Um, yeah, House Lannister. They got zero because they're on a bye week. They're playing each other this week, so they weren't going to get any points no matter what. Um, and then the other matchup, which was Targaryen and Stark. Um, it's either going to be the Starks with Three points or eight points, depending on if Michelle holds on for the sweep. Or is that is that right? Or no, that's backwards. You're House Stark, right? Yeah, I'm House Stark with... Lane. Okay, so if Chris can come back for the win, um, House Stark will get eight points for a sweep. Um, and then House Targaryen is basically guaranteed three points uh, this week. Or no, they could have zero. I lied. I'm terrible at this. So it'll be more clear in future weeks when we <laughs> actually have some finalized matchups. But... Um, we had the one sweep this week so far with Baratheon and the Starks are eligible for a sweep. So we waiting on that. Um, and then in terms of individual standings, not a whole lot to say. Everyone's either going to be 1-0 or 0-1 after first week. So nobody's out of it. Nobody's qualified for the playoffs yet. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to keep tabs on that as we go. And, and because nothing's finalized, we won't get too far into that this week. Um, but we really only have the one matchup outstanding with Chris and Michelle. So, all right. Anything to say in terms of those, those Chris, before we jump on into some other stuff, the fun stuff. Um, I'm just looking at the point totals here and I'm just looking at my power rankings and saying, wow, it feels good to be right so far, but yeah. So I actually have that up. I have that up because I have our week one power rankings up. And I was kind of looking to see how we stacked up in terms of like what were our top five and, and what were the top five in points this week. So we can look at that after um, I have, we can kind of wrap that into the next thing because I pulled sure. those top 10 skaters for the week. So top 10 point getters uh, for our, this week in fantasy hockey in our league. Um, and we can kind of wrap that all together then. But uh, so We'll go down the top. Do we want to start at 10 and go to let's let's start at the top and go down. Um, so yeah. the number one 
player this week in fantasy hockey for our league was the great Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. No, no surprise there. I think he had a Hattie, right? Um, uh, yeah, he had a, he had a game winning goal, a hat trick, uh, 16 shots on goal. Like the dude yeah. just penalty. Uh, let's see. He has uh, two power play points. Like, I mean, a plus zero. So like you even have a minus. So the dude just like, rakes <laughs> yeah yeah he had he ended up with 23.2 uh points for the week in fantasy uh and he is on travis's team which is team no idea um <laughs> so mcdavid being exactly where you would think he would be and then number two is a surprise i am happy about it as a preds fan but i don't think most people would have picked this person to be in the top 10 uh, but number two this week is goalie uc saros uh from the nashville predators so he ended up with two wins over the Blue Jackets um, this week. He ended up with 21.2 fantasy points. And he is also on Travis's team. So Travis coming in strong with the top two uh, point getters here in fantasy hockey. Which is surprising because what is he like fifth right now, though, in overall points? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking at it here. I keep going back. No, there's too many taps. screens to be on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um but yeah, it looks like he's, uh, yeah, he's, what's fifth. his, what's his team name? No idea. No yeah, idea. So, yeah. So, so he, basically he could have gotten a loss depending on who he played this week. Got lucky. Yeah. And it's crazy that he has the top two people in fantasy this week and, and he has more on this top 10 list and, uh, he's still, he, he must have a ton on the bottom too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, everyone must have done a ton or done nothing. Um, so, so you see Saros coming in at number two this week. Number three, another person with a hat trick, if you're seeing a theme, is uh, Travis Konechny with 20.6 points. And that is on, uh, he is on Michelle's team. So he's coming in at number three. I watched that happen. It was awful. (laughs) I watched it happen live and I watched it happen against my team. So I'm too uh, on fantasy and in real life. So that was uh, <laughs> just that double was not, daggers. <laughs> it was just, just bullet hole after bullet hole in my chest, but it's That's okay. And in fantasy owner, it yeah. just was going down in flames that game. So it was, yeah, it was basically the meme or the gif of the dog sitting in yep. fire, drinking the coffee saying, this is fine. Like, yeah, yeah. that was me. <laughs> uh, and then uh, number four this week is uh, John Tavares with 18.8 points and he is on my team so he and uh Nylander were pretty dang good for Toronto in their first two games uh he didn't do anything in the third game he like basically took a game off and still ended up fourth in the league this week in fantasy points so he did enough in those first two games but yeah it's what happens when you get three power play points yeah (laughs) exactly it helps it adds up up. yeah I know that's what I tell everyone like hey that that guy, that defender that's getting racking up shots on goal, that that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those little things do. And, and power play points, that's something that I always hate to talk about how I, <laughs> what my criteria for stuff is. But power play points is a huge thing in terms of like when you get into the depth of the draft, like who's actually on the top power play? You're like maybe even second or yeah. third line, but they're a really good shooter or something. So they just stick them on that top power play unit. Oh, yeah. Um, and so. That's that's something I look for, and those those are valuable little points throughout the the course of season. So, and I think I was number one in that right now this week with twelve uh, for my team to lead the league. So, uh, those are twelve extra points for me. But 
Um, and then number five this week is another goalie. So we've got Andre Vasilevsky with 18.4 points and also on Michelle's team. So like I said, you're not seeing a lot of variance uh, in the teams that these top performers are on right now. Um, no. But he's on Tampa Bay. I would guess he's going to be on this list quite a bit this year um, if we're doing this segment every week. So, yeah. Uh, and then our, I think, nope, another goalie and number six, Carter Hart, 17.4 points on my team. So <laughs> again, more daggers to Chris there, uh, sweeping the pens, but the pens uh, got the win today. So there they we did. go. They had to go to a shootout, but here we are. Yep. Philadelphia looks good though. Their, their offense looks pretty potent and, and Carter Hart's looks pretty good to start the season i know i knew that was gonna happen i was like we lost i mean we we lost a, a couple guys in the off season, and you know i don't know jimmy rutherford is just a weird dude he just changes the team like every other thursday so like <laughs> i don't I, it's hard to keep up with it it's like it's been crosby and malkin but then everyone else and, and now gensel kind of consistently but it's yeah. like the people surrounding them have changed a bit. So Rust has started to become a little bit more consistent, I think, with them. And he's pretty good. But yeah, he got an assist today. Okay. Is and that, Malkin's the one that they're just like, we'll throw people with him. It's Malkin. He'll figure it out and get some points yeah, for him. Essentially. <laughs> but, like he, he, he racks up assists every year. Yeah. And that's why I got him. Like he had 40 assists last year. But because he's at um, Phil yeah, Castle and. Uh, Zucker now and then like uh, Patrick Hornquist I think was on that line with him so yeah yeah he used to be when then we got rid of him but now <laughs> it's now it's him and Rust and Zucker okay I didn't know Rust was on the second line yeah right. that's the second line it's a pretty good second line yeah yeah for sure goaltending is going to be we'll see what that does this year we'll yeah, get more can't... into that later <laughs> yeah yep um, so the number seven on the list for points this week is Steven Stamkos uh, with 17.2 points and again on Travis's team. So Travis has three of the top seven. Michelle has two of the top seven. Uh, and I have two of the top seven. So not, not a lot of variety there. Uh, but we all are in the top five couple, couple people in points here. So, uh, and then eighth place uh, is actually a tie between three, three people. So this is eighth, ninth, and 10th this week all tied with 16.4 fantasy points. Uh, and it was Jakob Markstrom on uh, Calgary and or my team. Uh, and then Alex Ovechkin for Lane. And you will not guess, I don't think, <laughs> a defenseman made the list. Oh. You know who the defenseman is. Yeah, it's Jeff, Pe Jeff okay. Petrie, right? At, yeah, Jeff Petrie. Like, I never would have bet in a million years that he was ever going to crack this list uh, for a week even, but... Yeah, must have had a heck of a week with Montreal there. So I think he got some power play points to help him out. Yeah. So, but, and that, yeah, Petri is on Keegan's team. So our top 10 players were on a total of five teams. Um, but that's how it is. Yeah. Um, First week is also a weird week too, because like you, you, this always happens too. Like you get a guy that like, they'll come out and, they'll like blow people away, you know, like, uh, you know, Jeff Petrie. And I guarantee you the rest of the season, he's not going to be going at a uh, 8.2 fantasy points per week pace. Like, I mean, two, two goals, two assists. Like, yeah, I could see the assists, mm -hmm. but 
because you know it just happens with defensemen but you know he right now he's at like a two goal per game or what like a goal per game pace like it's probably not going to keep up with a defenseman no no yeah you can take everything that happens this week pretty much with a grain of salt and you got to see it proven like week over week so oh, um, yeah. i was like if you're using your method based on past performance it's not gonna, <laughs> i don't think uh, petri's gonna have a breakout year at the i don't know how old he is but i'm thinking he's 30 something so i don't think he's gonna have a breakout year at that point in his career that he he's, he's always been good but he's not he's not gonna be a point per game person or anything so but yeah he made the list this week and that's what matters so um, i'm gonna look up what he did last year i just want i just want to see what he did yeah. <laughs> last year uh 70 games played so he basically played every game so not injury prone uh 11 goals 29 assists minus 11 40 points in 70 games he's over a point every other game over a half yeah. a point a game so um that's actually better than i thought he was but yeah um, um fantasy points 2.6 per week that's actually not too bad um i don't think i wonder if he ended up on anyone's team last year i wonder if yeah it, i don't know because i'd have to we'd have to look at the rosters but i don't really remember him at all <laughs> yeah I don't yeah, really remember ever trying to pick him up or anyone scrambling for him, but he seems yeah. like a pretty solid depth defenseman there. So, yeah, he ended up with 180.2 fantasy points last year over 70 games. I'd actually take that because, I mean, we'll get into defensemen in a little bit, <laughs> but, but, uh, it's a special segment for the week. Yes, defenseman. That's my might that's untroud my the, the the mystery of what these secret polls were. <laughs> oh, is that a is that a cliffhanger there? Did you figure think, it out? Well, I think I know what you were doing, but then you said defenseman, so I don't really know if I know anymore. But we'll find out. Is that have yeah. does it have to do with that? It does. Is there segments? So all right. So um, as we're looking at the top performers though, because we mentioned talking about our power rankings, we can touch on those a little bit and. Uh, we can see, so our top five, this is so far, but the top five is really not going to change in terms of maybe Michelle and Chris switch positions, but uh, the top five people who scored points this week are not going to change in our league or top five teams in our league. Um, but right now it's going to be as our top five, it's going to be Paul, John, Michelle, Chris, and Travis. So out of those, I had three of those people in my top five. Um, rankings. I had myself as one, Michelle as three, and Chris as four, which we're all in that exact position right now. I am one, Michelle's three, and Chris is four in points this week. Uh, and then for Chris, it looks like you had the same three in your top five because you have Chris, myself, you yourself, myself, and Michelle. Yeah. Um, so, and then I had Mike and Keegan who are letting me down <laughs> and where did i put them let's see um, you had them much lower than i did i had you I had, had mike at as, 10 yep and mike was nine so i i'm not saying i told you so yet because it's week one but i will say that was what i was going for earlier when i said man i'm just looking at these point totals and saying wow i like when i'm right sometimes you know <laughs> Yeah, and and mine I had uh, so then other two in your top five that are not in the top five and oh no, Travis is in the top five. Your top five, yep. and he's top five in points this week. So you had four of the five, correct? Yeah, 
And then uh, Ben was my other one, right? Who is yes. not, yes. but he has a hundred points. Like that's actually like, he's the only other person who topped a hundred. So, I mean, he's sixth right now. So it's yeah. not like he's a bottom dweller. So exactly. So you've got pretty much, you almost went five for five. You went four for five. I went three for five this week. Um, but yeah. And obviously, like you said, it's one week. We'll see. But typically you see the same couple teams up towards the top every week. Eventually it's not usually they just completely swap places. So yeah. um, we'll see how it goes, but right now looking pretty good on your power rankings there. So, yep. <laughs> um, but, and I want to talk about those a little bit. So I will say mine were much more just like, I looked at the rosters. I said, I like their forwards. And then I like ranked them one through 10. I was just like, I, in my opinion, like these people's forwards are better than this person's forwards. So it's kind of interesting to see how my like opinions, we were actually fairly close. I think yeah. um, we had seven, I think of the, the 10 people in our league where we had them in the same like group of five. So we, we had them either in the top five or the bottom five. And then we had three people that we had kind of switched. Um, yeah with ben and mike kind of being the big two where i had like mike at two and you had him last and then i had ben at two and you had uh, or no you had ben at two and i had him like last so yeah um, those are really the two biggest ones but just using the numbers that you had uh, which much more numbers based and then kind of just like me glancing <laughs> at the but, rosters it ended up fairly fairly similar actually but that's the thing too is you it's good that we did it that way because if we both would have went numbers based then, or if we both would have went eye to eye, then we would have at least, especially with eye to eye, because at that method, we both have differing opinions on what is considered a good player or not. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we both have different standards for that. Whereas numbers based, yeah, we'd come, you know, somewhere on the same conclusion. It just depends on like what we would have chosen as, as part of our data. Um, but by going different routes, we're able to kind of combine and make a, like a complete picture, mm -hmm. you know? So I would actually love to make like an average of That's yours what I was and thinking. mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd love to make an average and be like, yeah, this, this, if we put these averages together, that probably equate to what it ends up being at the end of the season. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how you, how we, we should do that and just kind of see what that would be because it's funny because we both had each other ourselves as number one and then the other person is number four so yeah i, I know was... exactly and the, and and that's what i thought too i was like yeah well we got each other we put each other one but like looking at that number four as well is like okay you know it, it you know there's not that big of a difference in rankings when it comes to one through four mm -hmm. you know yeah. so and, and i mean we'll see as we get keep going here but yeah uh yeah, there's really not that big of a difference, at least when I look at the way I ranked everyone, because the way I did the point system, I like added up all the goals and I multiplied them, you know, by three, because that's how many points they're worth. And I did that same thing with assists and how much they're worth and goalie wins and how much they're worth. And I added all that together. And there were only four people that came out to be over 2000 points. And that was you, me, Ben and Travis. So and that's looking pretty good for week one. Yep. So <laughs> just glancing at it. So, um, yeah. and, and the one person we were both completely wrong on, at least for week one was John. 
because we both had him bottom. Uh, you had him tied for eighth there, and I had him tenth. And uh, he's second right now uh, this week with 154 points, which is crazy, which he, he's second in points for the week, and he doesn't have a single person on that top 10 list that I just read off. Yeah, I actually want to go look and see. So it's it's so consistent. Like, if I'm looking at his top three, it was Mackenzie Blackwood with 14.4 points, <laughs> uh, Matthew crazy. Kachuk with 14.2, Nicholas Backstrom with 12.8. Like, obviously, he just got across the board, like, 10-point contributions from everybody um for him to be up there because his his didn't have any single player that was a Connor mcdavid that just went out there and blew up uh the league so yeah and it's it's crazy too because i'm looking at blackwood and like you know new jersey's not supposed to be a good team this year they're just you know they're just gonna be whatever but they're terrible you know they're going to be terrible but they ended up winning against boston yeah in week and you know second game and he had 27 saves but even in game one, he only gave up two goals on mm-hmm. in, on 37 shots. You know, that's good for five points. Yes. It, it, it's incredible. After you came, I won't tell, I won't ruin our new segment that we're premiering this week. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, after you mentioned that, I was like, I almost, I had thought about doing a segment too. And I was almost like, I want to do kind of like the underdog player of the week that per- overperformed basically. Yeah. And I'm not Mackenzie Blackwood, I think is going to be a pretty good goalie because he showed some flashes at the end of last year, but I was going to give him my like underdog or add a boy, whatever you want to call it of the week. <laughs> um, because New Jersey's terrible and he got a win. And then his other start, like you said, that is like 95% or something like that. Save percentage, let in only the two goals on quite a few shots. So, I mean, he kept New Jersey in the games that they played this week and, and I don't think they're going to be competitive or try to get a playoff spot down the, the stretch. Um, but yeah. he, he kept them in it for the first couple games there. And, and Jack Hughes looked good. Like he, he's, he's a stud. <laughs> I don't He's, he's so small. He's such a I know tiny it's guy. so weird. It's so just weird. Like, he's this little kid running around out there, but I mean, he's, he's starting to show some actual like passing ability and good skating and everything. So we'll see Blackwood he's and number Hughes one are pick gonna... for a reason. Yeah, exactly. You would hope it's just him compared to like Kako last year is you could just put them next to each other and one looks like a child and one <laughs> looks like a man. So, <laughs> so we'll see how they translate to the NHL, but neither of them did great last year, but um, we'll it'll be interesting to see how they do in their second year. And if Hughes and Blackwood can be good for New Jersey, you know, I don't think they're gonna get the playoffs, but they could be better than I thought they were going to be. So, yeah. Um. So uh, what do you got for us next here? Well, so I was actually, so I wanted to go back to how our preseason rankings a little bit. So okay, I would like to combine the two because one thing that I would say, mine doesn't take into account a lot of the actual, like do the stats necessarily bear me out. It's more just, you know, sometimes it's just name recognition. Like yeah. you like, everyone knows a lot of people in our league probably know who like Brock Besser is, but has he been a point per game producer the last couple of years? Not really. Um, so people know the names sometimes, but the names don't necessarily mean that they went out and they were one of the top 20 players in the league every year. So, um, I am curious that mine kind of leaves that out, but when I was listening to your rankings and stuff, I'm thinking about the things that yours leaves out and that mine leave out. And that'd be why it'd be interesting to combine the two. Because yeah. mine leaves out kind of do the stats bear me out or am I just thinking I know that name so that name I'm giving more credit to than I should. 
Um, right. But yours, I think, can leave out, or the deficiency of it is, was somebody injured last year? Like, if you only played 30 games out of the 70 because you were injured and, you know, you're producing 30 points in those 30 games, you're not going to, you're going to have 40 points that should have been there that are not going to be included then in that point total from last year. So I, it was, doesn't necessarily include like the, the points lost to injury and with goalies. And there's been a lot of goalie shuffling in the off season. I think nine or eight goalies that played significant time last year, sh- changing teams. Um, it doesn't necessarily account for maybe rookies. They're going to, going to have a first year like Samsonov in Washington who now he's the guy. So he's going to start every game where last year he had Holpe who was taking up a bunch of the starts. So how many of those wins that Holpe had, could you have attributed to him last year uh, that he's not going to get credit for because he didn't start, but now he's going to have the opportunity to pick up those extra points this year. So it's kind of like the injuries, um, the goalies that maybe, or just any rookie who's going to, you know, get better uh, from last year. And then, uh, people that are just coming into the league as rookies because they're not going to have any stats. And and I know you had pulled some projected stats for some of those people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, you, you're right on with that. And, uh, and the, the reason I kind of went away from a lot of those is because like you when like, let's say you set, like do what I did and you set the filter when you do the draft to, you know, guys that get, you know, you set it to like the goals or the assists or the goalie wins or what, you know, whatever stat you want to use. Um, you're going to get the guys that put the most and it's mostly going to be the guys that have the most games played because, mm-hmm. you know, you play more games, you're more likely to get those points. So mm-hmm. in a way, the other thing is too using those, using my metric or my filter kind of eliminates guys that, are prone to injury. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing too. You know, you're kind of guaranteeing or um, not guaranteeing, but almost guaranteeing, you know, Oh, you're getting all these guys that played a healthy season. You're not going to deal with a lot of injuries. Yeah, it's true. And and people like Steven Stamkos and Chris Letang who produce when they're there, but are they going to be there? (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's great to have Steven Stamkos in our top 10 list this week with like 18 fantasy points, but you could just erase those 18 points maybe for two weeks out of fantasy season. Cause he's been, he seems like when he gets injured, it's always something really bad, but like, um, yeah, he's missed significant portions of recent seasons and Latang seems to only play like 60 games on an 82 game season every year. He's just, something's nagging him or concussion. So. Yeah. And the thing, and one person that's already been affected is David Pasternak who led the league in goals last year and he's already going to be out for a month. So can Ben survive Pashanak being out for a month? And, you know, you're already, yeah. he's already dropped one, which you could drop week one, like who cares? But, you know, if you drop week two or week, you know, multiple weeks, then it's like, okay, yeah. what are you going to do with Pashanak? Are you going to trade him? Like try and get two other guys? Or are you just going to wait it out? I, you know, it's... That's what I was intrigued to see during the draft because it was Pashanak and then the other big one was Tarasenko. And mm-hmm. both of them were coming in like they're going to be out for a bit. Tarasenko is longer term even than Pasternak. But I, it's just like who wants to do that? Because <laughs> you're going to probably spend, at least on Pasternak, you're going to spend, a, I don't know when he was drafted, but a top he, six pick, like a top a look- six rounds round I'm talking about. But 
Yeah. Like you're going to draft him and that's somebody, yeah, you could either get somebody else who you know is healthy right now and going to produce 50 points in a 56 game season, or you could draft Pasternak who you hope is going to come back, but you could lose two weeks because you're missing 15 points out of your lineup a week um, without him in there. So yeah. I was interested to see how people draft those people, but yeah, um, he, I'm looking at the draft recap and he got drafted by Ben in the fourth round, the last pick in the fourth yeah. round. So, I mean, fourth round pick, you know, that there's top 20 forwards available. I don't know, top 25, 30 forwards available at that time, because, you know, everyone basically has taken a goalie or two by then. So you take those goalies off the board. So you're down to, and then some defensemen, you probably have a top 20 forward that's left on the board. Um, and so do you take the person that's injured or do you take somebody else who you know is healthy right now? It's kind of hard. So, yeah. Um, you want to hear the names that got left after that before his next pick? Oh, sure. It, well, so he took Grubauer obviously, cause he had the next pick, mm-hmm. but then Alex Petrangelo on defense. Uh, so, but for forwards, cause like screw defense, Max yeah. Pacci- <laughs> Max, Max Pacioretty, uh, Saros, UC Saros, Anton Kadobin, Dougie Hamilton, Patrick Liney, Victor Hedman, Andre Svechnikov, and then Chris Letang. And then, okay. you know, he's got the last pick in the round. So he's got to go through another round of guys. And that's the thing. Mark Stone, Eric Carlson, yeah. Taylor Hall, Miko Koskinen, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Sergei Bobrovsky. That was for Ben. <laughs> Uh, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Sean Couturier, and then he ended up with Seth Jones. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, like he's his probably team. the best name on that list, but he is. But you know, that's where that's why I was like, you got to get me down to like, you know, you, you got to get down to maybe that I was going to take him maybe in like the sixth or the eighth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause I was like, I took Kyle Connor in round four when I could have taken him. And I'm like, Ooh, Kyle Connor is like way too good to pass up for a guy who's going to sit I, on your bench. I freaking love that guy. He can, he is so fast. He is. I know. Good. I love he him. And good. I, and I get him every year. I had him last year and the year before, cause I I've, I've watched him and I'm like, okay, well he's on Winnipeg and that team is just a flat out scoring like factory. Mm-hmm. And you know, for how good he was last year on it, like, I'm like, I can't, I'm like, as soon as I took my second goalie in the third round, I saw he was there and I'm like, Oh, come to Papa. Like I will take, I was, he was set up to take, take an auto draft in case my computer crashed or something. Like that's how badly I wanted that kid. (laughs) Well, I mean, one game, I think it was one game, but he had a goal and two assists or something like that. So I was looking through some stats today. So it was, uh, through one game looking good <laughs> yep he played but, one game this week and got me 8.6 i'll yeah, take it so, yep i take that every game but um and so yeah anyway that's kind of what i want to go over the power rankings it'd be interesting to combine our two because of that but um yeah. the one person i think that could be a real uh dark or like outlier for that system is the guy i drafted he's a rookie but i think he's 23 or 24 the Kirill Kaprizov, the guy in right. minnesota I mean, he's come out on fire for me. Um, he had like two assists and a goal in his first ever game for Minnesota, including the overtime winner, which was a really nice steal that he did. Um, and he, he has led the KHL in scoring the last two years, like combined scoring KHL. He's been number one. Yeah. Um, and he came in and nobody knew who he was cause he's never been in NHL before. And I, I drafted him. I'd have to look, but pretty late 
um, on in the draft. I was kind of watching him and I was like, I don't know how many people know this guy even exists, but like his numbers, he doesn't have anything. So it's like, he could be a complete bust, but if he comes through and ends up being like a point per game person in Minnesota for me, I mean, that's a steal as the uh, 128th overall pick in the draft. So we'll see. And his name, you said uh, Kaprizov? Yeah, Kaprizov. Yeah, he just got aver- a picture. <laughs> they didn't even have a picture <laughs> for him. <laughs> nice. He's averaging 5.9 per game, and uh, that's through two games. So, yeah, he's actually a top. Uh, I mean, he's on the first page of uh, fantasy point averages through yeah. one week. So, I mean, so he's the one I'm, I'm banking on this year because if he can produce higher than 12th round uh, numbers, then could be looking pretty good for me. So, yeah. But all right. So I just want to go through those a little bit. And then we come to the uh, special segment for Chris. I'm going to turn it yes. over to you for your defenseman segment uh, all right. that you want to do. So, All right. So I did this kind of like last weekend. So I'm like, I'm, I've been trying to review it all day just to like <laughs> kind of remember here. So basically my take is that defensemen are completely worthless in drafting anything from like the last four rounds on like, or, like anything above the fir- the last four rounds. And what I'm, and what I mean by that is like, they're, they're basically like, they don't produce anything for you at all during the season. Like you could, you could draft, you know, like, if you think about certain names of good defensemen, like, you know, let's see, I'm just, I'm thinking about a good defenseman, like uh, Brett Burns, Brett Burns, awesome defenseman, right? Like would like the dude does everything for you in the ice, uh, you know, stick check, poke check, hits the hell out of you. Um, you know, his, his shot goes like 180 miles an hour. Like, like the dude's on fire. What did he do? So like thinking about that, he got drafted in round three, the seventh, seventh pick in round three, right? Well, last year he had, I'm just looking it up now. He, cause it all went away when the new season started, but last season he had, I think it was like 180 points. Like that's like, below third line forwards so what i mean by that is like what would you rather take like a guy when it comes to fantasy a guy that's just a name that you know is really good on the ice and just oh he's really good defenseman so i'll take him or would you rather go for like a forward that maybe you've never heard of or that you know is gonna has a better chance to produce more points throughout the throughout the year you know what i mean so I went through and tallied everybody's defenseman's goals over the past or over last season. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to start it at 10. Uh, Lane was at 10. Uh, his basically his, his defenseman that he has this year produced like nothing last year, whatever. Nine is Mike. Uh, eight is me. 
obviously, you know, and these are also people that chose only four defensemen out of the, out of the draft so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seven was Mandy. She chose five defensemen. Uh, Six was Paul. You have four defensemen. So it makes sense, right? I'll take that with the four. Yeah. I know. Right. Uh, Five is John. Uh, five defensemen. Four is Michelle, has five defensemen as well. Three is Travis, five defensemen. Two is Ben, five defensemen. And one is Keegan, and he has seven defensemen on his roster. Seven. So obviously, on an 18 man roster. Yes. On an 18 man roster, has seven defensemen. And I looked at like they're, all of his defensemen they're decent, too but <laughs> they're decent but like they don't produce like any points and that's why i put him at last in the entire in my power rankings is because all of his defensemen like in the previous season did like absolutely nothing and the thing is too there is one there's like an outlier of uh of like four defensemen that I would choose depending on where it is and where you're at in the draft. Okay. Those are John Carlson. He had 266 points last year. Can I guess these four? Yeah, go for it. All right. All right. I was going to just guess John Carlson. So yeah, I'm going to give myself e- that, that was, one. That was gonna, easy. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for coming up with that name out of the top of my head. Um, and then I'm going to guess Roman Yossi. You're correct. That is number two. He had 247.8 points last year, which if you look, I don't think he had that many like goals or assists, but he had like a bajillion shots on goal. Like that's mm-hmm. literally how, how he got his points. And I'm not an actual Predators fan. You are. Tell me, does Roman Yossi shoot the puck like 10 times a game? <laughs> he definitely shoots it a lot. He, he's a very good skater. So he, he has so many times where he basically acts as a forward and he just, carries the puck into the offensive zone by himself and then does loops around the goal. So, I mean, he's, he'll jump into the rush and he's, he's such a good skater that, yeah, I mean, compared to an average defenseman, he shoots the puck quite a bit. And a lot of those shots are not coming from the point. It's not just one of the ones you pass it to him at the point and he's just blasting it towards the net, hoping it gets tipped. Those are like him joining the rush, um, getting, you know, within the the face-off dots before he's shooting. So, yeah. Um, And then I guess, so that's two. That's two. Uh, Victor Hedman. You're correct. Victor Hedman, 215.8 points. Yeah, I had, I, I drafted him this year. I was surprised he was still there when I, I got around to drafting him. I was like, I will take him in like the seventh round. Sure. Um, and, oh, this third one's the hard one. Those ones are easy. Gosh. By the way, all these, all four, the reason why I chose four, there's only four defensemen last year that scored over 200 fantasy points. Hmm. Hmm. And I know it's not Mike Giordano because it's the year before that, that he was decent. He sucked last year. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a hint. It was a guy. I would say Shabbat, but I don't. I'll give you a hint. It was a guy who is, who used to be a captain on a certain team, but is on a different team this year. Oh, uh, Petrangelo. Yep. Alex Petrangelo, 208.6 last year. So, uh, like, and you look, if you go ahead and look at all the forwards that had over 200 points last year, 
uh, and I'm going to pull those up real quick here. Uh, we go all the way down the page and we go even onto the second page of, and there's 50, listed 50 on the ESPN site. So what does that tell you? Well, you probably shouldn't be def drafting defensemen early unless it's one of those four dudes, right? Like, do you see where I'm going with this now? Yes. So, so now let's look and see, I have the draft recap up. Let's see at some of these defensemen that got drafted. Well, the first one was obviously John Carlson. Second defenseman drafted was Brett Burns. I get it. I get it. He's a great defenseman. Just did not put up a lot of points last year. I just, I, I can't trust it. You know, the third was Roman Yossi. I get it. Correct. Number four. Oh, Okay, this kid is really good. He's really good, but he's got to put the points first for me to trust it. Do you know who that fourth defenseman drafted was? I'm going to guess Kale McCarr. You're correct. It was Kale McCarr. Okay. I put out a poll. <laughs> We're coming full circle. <laughs> I put out poll number one. And I said, oh, I got to pull it up now. So poll number one, and I got to scroll all the way up here. That should be your stats guy. I should have them ready for you. I know, but you know what? I had it ready and I realized, oh crap, it's going to take me all the way back to the top. So <laughs> poll number one was a certain dude. There we are. There's too many. I got too many pages going up. So poll number one was, would you rather draft player A that had 12 goals, 35 assists and plus 11 or player B 27 goals, 44 assists, plus 11. Player A was Kale McCarr. Player B was JT Miller. And everyone voted that they would take JT Miller first based on stats over Kale McCarr. Who was drafted first, Paul? Kale McCarr or JT Miller? Sounds like Kale McCarr was drafted Kale first. Kale McCarr was drafted first. So, like, there's my other thing is why draft – this defenseman first when there is a guy that is putting up 27 goals can you answer can you answer that so i will i will let you finish this segment and then i have only one critique that i i can have with your argument here that's fine so i'm gonna keep so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep going with the polls yes okay i will let you go with the polls and then i'll, I'll say my bit all right poll number two player a was brett burns Player B was John Tavares. Who was drafted first? You can probably guess. Sorry, I was I was looking at the hockey game real quick for a sec because they were reviewing oh, offsides for you. Oh, I heard, shit. I didn't even know it was on. Don't worry. They took Chicago's goal away because it was offsides. So. Oh, there's no game feed for this game. That's stupid. Oh, well. Sorry. Anyway, I know it was That's Tavares. Okay. Who was the defenseman? Uh, Brett Burns. Okay, so Brett Burns was taken first. Yep. It's funny because John, I, I chose players that were drafted right after. <laughs> John yeah, Tavares like the, was drafted right next. The very John Tavares next got a lot more points than Brett Burns did this year, this week. So I'll get into that later. But yeah. Yep. Uh, and then poll number three player A was Dougie Hamilton, and player B was Patrick Liney. <laughs> So, and those players, 
Um, I'm, I'm looking it up. Player or poll three, player A, 14 goals, 26 assists, plus 30. Plus 30, very intriguing. Uh, player B, 27 goals, 34 assists, plus five. So what I'm getting at is like those fantasy points are just like astronomically different. And I, I just tend to think it, and I have stats to back it up too. And I know there's some outliers and stuff like that, but I think there's more pros than cons to my argument here that if you draft that pretty much, if you eliminate positions and you eliminate names, people would take the stats and draft players that have more goals and assists and goalie win. Well, goalie wins. It doesn't matter. You know, as a goalie, but you draft players that had more goals and assists. And if you draft those players first, then you, and then you reveal the names after I guarantee you almost all the players drafted first would be forwards and center, you know, like Mm. offensive players, but we've had, you know, we have a bunch of defensemen that are all drafted like way before some of these, some of these other guys should be like Dougie Hamilton and, Chris, Chris Letang. Okay. I love Chris Letang, but let's be real here. Eric Carlson, like good, good player, but on a bad team too. Um, Seth Jones, you know, like good player on a bad team. Sorry, Ben. Mark Giordano did not put up a good year last year. Good player, just not a good fantasy player. So that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, and the thing is I did this last year too. And I ended up with the highest scoring team in the league. So like, I think I'm a little bit vindicated. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, credible when it comes to stuff like this and take my draft strategy. Plus I looked it up in the previous year because it let me go back that far that in 2019, when we had this season, the teams that had the highest number of goals, like the top four, five teams they all made the playoffs the top teams that had us like because what was my what was my take it was goals assists and goalie wins mm-hmm. if you had the if you were in two of those three categories in top five yeah two of those three categories if you're in the top if you're yeah if you're in the top three of those of two out of those three categories you're guaranteed to make the playoffs and i look at it in 2013 or not 20 blah i need to, I need to refresh my beer here <laughs> i wasn't yeah. in the league at that point <laughs> i had done fantasy hockey at that point the first year i ever did fantasy hockey was 2011 2012 at miami um freshman that's... year I, it was just travis myself and lane with a, maybe mike with a whole bunch of strangers um that stopped playing after like week two <laughs> That's crazy. But, uh, but yeah. And you look at goalie wins and goals and assists, everyone that led the, led that category in two out of those three or with top three and two out of those three, they all guaranteed, they all made the playoffs. Same thing last year. They all made the playoffs. So like, I don't know how I, I couldn't look up the draft strategy for 2019. Right. But I know what my strategy was in 2020 when I said, okay, I need to overhaul and think, you know, think differently about how I draft did that. And last year, look what happened, you know, led the, led the league in points. So, I mean, that's, that's just my, I think it's very validated. Um, Obviously there's some outliers, which you can go ahead and 
saying your piece about, but I think I, I gave uh, a good point on how useless defensemen are. <laughs> I, I agree with your overall point. Um, and I, I don't really have a whole lot of hard and fast rules when I draft. I have a general strategy and outline that I follow, and then it usually gets blown up based on other things. But one, I mean, I usually say I do not draft defensemen within like the first five rounds. So when did I draft Victor Hedman this year? Victor um, Hedman. Let me pull up my team, Victor Hedman. And he was my first defenseman I drafted, and he was right. the fourth round. So I took a defense in the fourth round, which is a lot earlier than I typically take a defenseman. Um, and but he was on your list, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like that's and that's what I was going. Well, you drafted him and, in round five, actually. Yeah, 48th pick. So. Ah, uh, okay. But um, so I would say the one the one critique I would have of that is what I try to do is kind of like that cost benefit analysis on the fly during a draft. And it's basically, is this defenseman who's left significantly better um, than, so before my next, if I've take this defenseman now, will there be a defenseman available at my next pick who's of equal or lesser, like of equal value or about approximate value to this person that I could pass on this person, wait another round, and then take a defenseman that's basically going to come out as a wash, but I'll save myself maybe an increased pick or a better player because I can get someone of equivalent value 10 picks later. Um, and I do that for forwards and defense. So it's basically like, well, this defenseman versus the next defenseman I want is a significant drop off from round six to round seven. So I'm going to take them now at round six because there's forwards available at round six that I know will still be available in round seven. Um, that will basically be equivalent to each other. So I don't know that I did a good job, of, good job of explaining that, but that would be my one critique of, yes, defensemen don't score as many points. And so I typically only have four of them on my roster, maximum mm -hmm. of five, because sometimes it gets annoying if a whole bunch of people are playing on the same day um, and then your defensemen are like empty, but yet you have nine forwards and you can't play them all. Um, yeah. So sometimes I have additional defensemen just to, cut down on the number of forwards sitting on my bench. Um, but I tend to draft them lower. I tend to only have four, um, but it's really just like a cost benefit thing. I say, well, you know, after this defenseman goes, you drop way down to the next tier of defensemen. So sometimes I will take them a little higher than I necessarily want to just because there is a big drop off, I think between the two. So where like there are forwards that there are so many forwards in this league, especially now, this was not the case back when we started this league. Um, and especially back when I started doing fantasy in like 2012. Um, but like in 2012, there were four, 10 forwards you wanted and everyone else was like trash. It was like such a goalies win, everything, no goals scored. And the NHL's worked to increase the amount of goals. Um, and so that's happened. And now there's so much forward depth that sometimes you know what if i take them in the fifth round or the eighth round or fifth round versus seventh round forward is not a huge difference where maybe a fifth round and seventh round defenseman is a huge difference so i try to weigh those two factors kind of and uh and kind of see if i should wait um and it, it just depends on who's available at the time i come up to draft so um i don't know if i explained that well but <laughs> oh you did no you did and 
And the thing is, is I would probably draft, you know, a higher scoring defenseman too. I mean, you drafted Hedman at the fifth round. That's a great value. I mean, and I'm looking at the other guys you got before, like John Tavares and Markstrom and Carter Hart. Like, like you went ahead and got all your goalies, and it just so happened that one of the top scoring defensemen in the league is still there. So, yeah, you kind of take it because your forward depth is so – well, the, the league's forward depth is so long, you know, that you're going to end up with a good forward no matter what. But I think, and you know, that's just, that's just luck on your part. You know, if maybe if I would have saw I had Hedman available in the fifth round, let's see, did I, um, let's see. Well, I had Matt Pacioretty available to me. So I was kind of like, eh, I like that guy. So I want to take him and, you know, he's like a 30 point goal scorer. So, or 30, 30 goal scorer. So, um, yeah, I kind of just try and stick with the strategy of, you know, you take best player available in round one and then get your really good goalies because goalies are so hard to come by in this league. It's really hard. And I, I found that out last year by rotating goalies in and out every single week, depending on matchups. Mm-hmm. And cause I didn't draft goalies very well last year, but my forwards were killing it. So I was okay, you know, mm-hmm. and ended up being okay. But this year I kind of put an emphasis, okay, round two and three, I'm going to take a really good goalie mm-hmm. unless I end up with like the 10th pick, which, uh, which ended up being Andre Vasilevsky, you know, like after that, you know, at that point, all the, all the really good uh, players were already taken. So, I mean, I get, I get why that happened. So, um, you know, different staff strategies are, are key in this league. And, you know, there's not really, there's not too many wrong ones. Um, I think the only wrong one is uh, taking <laughs> seven defensemen, but that's me. That's, and I do have data, but that's just that's just me. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, we have six forward spots plus a utility spot. So you're going to be playing on a full night. You're probably going to be playing seven forwards and four defensemen. So just based on that, you know you're going to have more forward spots to fill than defenseman spots to fill. So your yeah. forwards are going to be more valuable to you because they're going to take up 60% of your roster, basically. So yeah. um, that's, yeah. that's just another a thing. You're, the percentage of your points that you're going to get out of them is, is going to be higher so yeah exactly so like why not maximize the amount of really good potential forwards you can get based off of last year's you know statistics just showing you know this guy is actually a really good score like he showed it last year so draft him again he'll probably put up somewhere around there you know give or take five five or ten goals you know Mm -hmm. yeah so no I think your point's well taken. I would say yeah. that, uh, yeah, it's it's a balancing act. And I always try to kind of get those defensemen that had a down year, like a Tyson Berry last year, who is going to be on the top power play unit for Edmonton, and be like, well, I know he's going to be around a while. Um, he didn't have a great year last year, but it gives you good depth value, and any point he gives me is going to be huge. So like he, I took him uh, in the 13th round. And I mean, he's got two assists in three games, but he's on the top power play unit with McDavid and Dreisaitl. So, I mean, 13th round and he could be good value. So you got to look for those kind of value picks. Um, and, in there. and that's what I do with forwards. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like last year, like one big name that was just awful last year was Johnny Goudreau. Oh, like yeah. he, was t- Monahan. he was terrible. I took Monahan because of that too. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and Goudreau last year, you know, he put up what is it? He just fifty-eight points in seventy games, but previous two years, ninety-nine and eighty-four points. So like, the dude probably just had a down year, and he's young. Like if he has a down year and he's old, then that's probably a sign that things are not, uh, things are trending in the direction of taking him out to the farm. But, uh, you know, a guy like Johnny is probably, it's just an anomaly and, you know, you could probably take him and get some good value. And this week, I think he had, yeah, he's a golden assist already. So Mm -hmm. I took took Monahan and Monahan had a couple of points for me too. So he got off to a good start along with Johnny because they both there as a whole line had a had a pretty down year so um, yeah yeah monahan's got a goal and an assist in two games so a point per game for the first two but Mm -hmm. which i'll take especially drafting as low as i did so yeah i took johnny in the ninth so um anyway um so sorry i was looking at my players um yeah i know so yeah that's that's our uh discussion for the week on the validity of defensemen um, <laughs> yep. so i think they're one of those things forwards goalies get you a lot obviously you only have two goalies but those defensemen can be really key when it gets down to everything else being even um mm-hmm. but and they're part of your team they're going to be roster spots so anything they can give you is just like yeah. icing on top um but it's a balancing act so yeah all right now for our second our premiere of our new <laughs> permanent segment on the show <laughs> uh chris i will let you uh announce the segment so this week's segment or this segment is called the reek of the week and this segment goes to basically anything that we noticed in hockey or in our league that uh basically deserves uh the title of being called reek like as uh, as part of uh, we were talking about earlier on our messenger about Ben's about being a Greyjoy now. So, uh, <laughs> even so, through yeah. reference, not just not just alliteration or rhyming. Yeah, so. I mean it, it. It all just worked out perfectly, and one of those random thoughts that you have. So, <laughs> uh, my reek of the week is Tristan Jari. Um, and I say that in full confidence because he was absolutely putrid this week. Uh, he stunk. Uh, I know he's going up against the Flyers, but when uh, when your GM trades you trades uh, the guy that you were sitting behind because you outplayed him, and the guy that was above you won two Stanley Cups, and you come out in Game One and basically put up a stinker, like an absolute stinker of, of two starts, uh, you get the title of Reek of the Week. And to put, and to put matters worse, uh, in fantasy, he scored a whopping negative 4.2 points in two starts. Combined, negative 4.2. So uh, that's my uh, Reek of the Week. All right. Yeah, I was like, I don't think you could top that for this week. <laughs> um, yeah, Travis and I were having a side texting conversation since we're house partners about that. And it uh, 
how that's not a good way to start your season. So. No, especially when, I, like I said, the, and the front office literally thought you were that much better than a two-time Stanley Cup winning goalie who is still young, who is still what? really young. Guess what? Matt Murray actually won a game for Ottawa this week too. And Exa- Ottawa against- is horrible. I know New Jersey of the the North division. So, Oh my God. It's just, it's just a rough week for Penguins goalies. I mean, Casey to Smith today, like he, I mean, he got the win and he played really well in the shutout, but he, he's let up three goals in 22 shots. So I don't think this percentages on that look too great, but (laughs) I'll take, I'll take a win. And you know what? He stopped. TJ Oshie in a shootout. So I'll give him, I'll give him a little sticker for that. All right. So mine after that was taken was a little bit harder, but um, I wanted, you know, if, if Mandy's matchup with, with Travis had been a bit closer, her picking up Anthony Sorelli and then leaving his eight points on the bench could have been more significant, but (laughs) I don't have to call that as my week of the week. So mine, it's not, I don't know. I just, it's actually two people. It's a combination. And we've mentioned them on the show already, actually. In mine, my week of the week goes to Brett Burns and Eric Carlson for San Jose. Because we know that San Jose invested so much money in their defense. Those two guys, they put a lot of money into. And so they basically expect them to produce like uh, top line forwards with the money that they put into them and how good they are. So a combined in the two games that they played, they had one assist um, between the two of them. It was Eric Carlson yesterday for San Jose. And I, I watched parts of their games the last two. I have to say Eric Carlson just looks horrible. I don't know if he's not in game shape or something. He looks slow. He was getting beat around the edge constantly by some of these, these forwards, a lot younger, faster forwards. And uh, so just initial impressions for what I saw. And then also for the stats for those two, for the first week, considering what you said, Brett Burns was drafted in like the third round. Um, And Carlson is always taken quite early. Uh, Mandy took him and I don't know. We just have to see what they do the rest of the season. But for the first week, um, they didn't look good. San Jose is not that great of a team this year, but they've got so much money wrapped up in them that they expect them to go out there and, and be good. And they just looked bad um, when I watched their hockey game. So they're combined getting my reek of the week. <laughs> the top, the top defensive line of the San Jose Sharks. Yes. I don't know. Are they still together? I don't even know if they have them on the same line, but yeah. I have to say I, last year, I, I think they've been together now two full seasons before this, but after they traded for Carlson, I've when I've watched them, they were on the power play together for that first power play unit. It was incredible how many shorthanded goals they gave up. Really? <laughs> they they like neither of them want to play defense. So they just want to go out and score offense on a power play that both of them who are supposed to be the defensemen out there completely forget that they're supposed to be the defensemen on the ice. And there were so many horrible shorthanded goals. I think they had two against them on back-to-back power plays uh against vegas and it was just it was bad so i have not been impressed with them as a tandem but they put a point still this week i watched carlson i was just like i don't i don't know what happened to him but (laughs) he looks awful (laughs) so 
That's where my, my reek of the week goes to. Um, all right. So that's our reeks of the week. Now it's just kind of a look ahead is what I wanted to do. So we're just going to touch really briefly on the matchups for this coming week. Um, let me pull up the, so the schedule, uh, this week, it was the Baratheons versus Greyjoys and the Starks versus the Targaryens. So next week, uh, we're going to have the matchups of the Starks versus the Greyjoys. So we have Chris facing Ben and Lane facing Mandy. And then we've got um, the Baratheons versus the Lannisters. And so we've got Paul versus Keegan, Travis versus John, And then that means that the Targaryens, Mike and Michelle, will be playing each other and have the uh, bye week this week. So um, when I'm looking at it, uh, the main matchup that stands out to me is that John and Travis matchup um, in terms of those are two teams that were in the top five this week um, in scoring. And so we'll see if they're able to keep up that, that scoring pace going into this week. Um, and I think a lot of the other people are like top five this week versus bottom five um, scores from this week. So but that would be the, the matchup that I'm kind of most interested to, to watch. And also cause Travis is, you know, my house partner. So hoping to rack in those points there, but. I'm interested to see the waiver wire this week, uh, especially for those that uh, maybe have five defensemen and see if, you know, if my words change their minds a little bit about strategies as far as uh, keeping more than four defensemen. In fact, on my roster currently, I, I'm missing a defenseman because I took an extra goalie for tonight. So, uh, yeah. So, well, so far, I mean, what's this? I think it's zero, zero right now. Zero, zero. Well, he's got six saves. So, yeah. Let's, Chicago let's had scored a goal and then they called it back on, uh, they reviewed it and the player was off sides. So they took the goal off the board. So, All your right. shutouts hanging in there. I'm hanging in there so far. <laughs> hey, one intermission lost. down. I have one third, I have one third of a shutout. So, Don't get the one third of a point, three points, but uh, I'll take a point. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a scoring option for me, but um, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll uh, see how this next week goes. So, and the other thing I did, which I don't know if people looked at this or not, but how I set up the schedule is because, you know, I, I usually do it by random draw as to who you play first from each and every other house, but because we're going to play each other, you're going to play each house twice. And so you just have to swap people that you play. Um, I made the first initial matchups through the house thing, everybody in the opposite division. And then the second time I made it everybody in your division. So basically those coming down the stretch, you're going to be playing people in your division every single week. So those matchups are going to be really important to see who makes the playoffs. Um, Cause if you can beat that person in your division, that's basically a two game swing uh, for you. So these first five weeks are kind of our cross divisions. And then our, our next five weeks are going to be all against your own division. So. All right. All right. Um, I don't really have anything else. Chris, is there anything else that you wanted to, to hit on here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think I, I think I got all of my points out for tonight. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so we'll see. awesome. So 
thanks for uh, hanging out with us, everybody. Uh, you can find us everywhere. Where can't you find us? Um, we are on uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, other ones that I don't know that our podcasting place that Chris mentioned put us on to. So um, go ahead. If you want to find us on the podcast, you can subscribe to us. Um, and it's the We Like But Ending uh, Fantasy Hockey Podcast. So you can pretty easy to find us now. And it'll be a lot easier for us to upload these and get them out to everybody. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get some strangers start listening to us and seeing what's going on in our league and start a fan base for each of our teams. That'd be you will, cool. You will because... <laughs> Here's with it with that new software that I showed you or with that new site. Um, when I po- I when I recorded a podcast once uh, and put it out there, I had a listener from Pakistan. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get some stats. I think there's track some statistics. So yeah, um, some places have more advanced ones if you pay them money. But I think we get at least like the number of downloads and maybe where they're coming from. So. We'll, uh, we'll track those and see what's happening. But uh, hopefully Chris and I will make this a, a, a fairly weekly thing. We'll try to keep some fun segments together or something like that every week. And, Sounds and good. Uh, it's going to be a short season. So uh, every week's going to matter more, as they say. It's a cliche. So yep. um, we will see you all. New week starts tomorrow. Uh, we're watching Chris and Michelle tonight. Um, and then... We'll do it all all again next week. So good looking out, everybody. All right. See you later.